this is Alicia from Call for Convert Reform, and I hope all of you are having a very blessed Lent. Um, today, I wanted to talk about an article that was sent to me, um, and it comes from Crux, um, which is a Catholic uh, paper. Um, and I wanted to talk about it because there are a lot of things that um, are in it that I think are very true. Some of the things are not uh, represented represented as well as other aspects, but um, we'll get into that. So um, the article is actually up on the blog. Uh, so if you're not already in the know, um, I have a blog called conventreform.wordpress.com. Again, conventreform.wordpress.com. I'll leave the link to this article um, in, in the description for this podcast. Um, and it was actually, uh, it's from February 7th of this year. And the title of it is Religious Vow of Obedience Needs to be Redefined, Theologian Says. So this article actually starts by quoting Pope Francis. Um, he released a prayer video, um, and I'm quoting here, in which he told religious and consecrated women to push back when they are mistreated, including by the church, in reference to the rising awareness of the abuse that nuns have often faced in their lives of service. Um, in the video released February 1st, the Pope urged religious and consecrated women to, quote, fight when in some cases they are treated unfairly even within the church when they serve so much that they are reduced to servitude at times by men of the church uh, and he goes on to say let us pray for religious sisters and consecrated women thanking them for their mission and their courage may they continue to find new responses to the challenges of our times now i was a little taken aback by how he worded this, um, because, um, you know, and I, I don't know what his intentions are, um, but it does seem a little uh, trying to uh, point the finger at, uh, like, the men in the church, the patriarchy, um, and uh, as you'll see, you know, further on when, when uh, they talk to this uh, Peruvian theologian, um, this woman, um, you'll see that she talks a lot about women um, religious mistreating other women religious. So um, there is no doubt that, um, especially in the past, um, I'm sure it happens now too to a, 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 some extent, there was abuse by, you know, priests, bishops, um towards uh female religious um and you know of course we know uh and pope francis has talked about this um in the last few years about men uh taking sexual advantage of uh nuns um religious women in the church which happens um i know a lot 
there's the, and this isn't just coming from me. This is coming from a lot of other sources. Um, one such case is Sisters in Crisis uh, by, I have the book right here. Uh, it's by Ign it's printed by Ignatius Press and Ann and Carey. Um, it's a great book if you want to have a lot of background into um, the history and kind of the in-depth nature of uh, religious life, uh, female religious life, um, especially in the last century, um, especially since Vatican II. Um, but she talks in there about how a lot of women were, um, you know, it's it's pretty well known for a lot of, especially older Catholics, that Catholic education used to be pretty much free um, in a lot of areas, um, which benefited a lot of families. But at the same time, there were sisters that were going without food, that were, um, you know, uh, just really living in obscene poverty. Um, I know of a personal story from one of the founding religious in the community I was in where she was taking food from the school um, to feed her sisters and herself because they were so hungry they had nothing to eat. And when she... Uh, went to a priest about this um, and went, you know, to ask them about it. They said, you know, this is ridiculous. You should be at least be given enough to sustain yourself. So um, there's no doubt, I, and I can go into that, but uh, at a later time, but there, there has been abuse by priests, by bishops on nuns, especially in the good old days. They took a, a lot of advantage of sisters. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today, but I, I completely agree that it has happened. I know it has happened. Um, I think in that regard, a lot of things are better, um, because a lot of times sisters were just expected to, um, do a lot of things and, uh, weren't really treated well. They were just expected to be kind of servants and, um, they weren't always given the respect. Um, that they deserve. So, but that being said, um, it's unfortunate that Pope Francis made this into a men mistreating nuns thing um, solely because, um, like I said, although that is true and there's a history of that, we know if you take any time on this podcast, on my blog, uh, we know there's a lot of abuse, um, within the ranks of religious. Um, so a lot of women religious, um, or male religious, uh, if you're in that, if you've been in that situation, um, mistreating them. So, um, each other. So, uh, that being said, the rest of the article, uh, is kind of an interview with this Peruvian theologian, um, I hope I don't butcher her name, but Rocio Figueroa, Figueroa, I'm, I'm probably completely butchering that. Um, I'll just call her Rocio. Um, 
and uh, it says here the challenges that women religious face are not only afflicted by male clerics who treat them as servants, but there are also glaring internal challenges inside religious communities that need to be addressed. Uh, one of these, according to her, is the church's concept of the vow of obedience. So um, this is where it gets kind of interesting. So she goes on to say that um, when priests, consecrated persons, or religious enter their communities, they adhere to the three traditional evangelical vows. You probably know that already, uh, chastity, poverty, and obedience. While poverty and chastity are more straightforward, uh, Rochio said she believes the vow of, of obedience, while necessary, is ill-defined, and because of this has allowed the abuse and mistreatment of religion women for decades. Ding, 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 ding. Right? This is what um, me and a lot of uh, friends have been uh, saying um, for a while now. Um, yes. So, speaking to Crux, Figueroa, I'm sorry um, if I'm mispronouncing her name, said that to understand the trouble of the vow, it is necessary to look at how obedience has been understood in religious life. And they go on to quote, at the beginning, the vow of obedience began with the monks, the obedience to their abbot, the superior with whom obedience to God was lived, represented God. So by obeying your superior, you were obeying God. I think this kind of obedience, this definition of obedience is problematic. And this kind of obedience has continued until today. Um, and she goes on, I guess she was... Um, Part of this community, they they mentioned this community called the Servas. Uh, at least that's what's called in, in uh, by its Spanish name, the CCV, and some of its internal order, uh, internal problems, and how um, kind of using it as an ex example. Um, but again, quoting um, this this theologian. She says, the obedience in the gospel is an act of trust, an act of following God's commandments, and of following his love. So it's an obedience full of love and trust in a relationship between Jesus and God the Father. That's the core of obedience, she said, adding the obedience to Jesus was always towards the Father, and the obedience that we are asked is an obedience to God, not to human beings. Um, I think I've told you before um, that in in a lot of religious orders, I know mine, um, my order was very Jesuit um, and spirituality, so, um, and she's going to go into a Jesuit spirituality in just a second, um, the superior was called the Vox Dei, the voice of God, um, that's what Vox Dei means in Latin, and whatever the religious superior said, that was the voice of God for you. So, and it could be the stupidest thing in the whole entire world, like uh, making sure your, the opening of your pillowcase isn't facing the door. So if someone has to come in, they don't see the opening of your pillowcase. Stupid stuff like that, right? Just ridiculous. Um, so it goes on to say in this article, this concept of obedience was further reinforced by St. Ignatius of Loyola. 
I have to stop here. I, I'm a big fan of St. Ignatius. Um, like I said, we had a, his spiritual Audi in our in the religious order I was in. I learned a lot about Ignatian spirituality. I still see a lot of those prayers that I um, learned. Um, I have pretty um, fantastical imagination, so um, I, I, I fell in love with um, St. Ignatius of Loyola and um, how using, uh, your imagination as a, as a, you know, um, within the realm of prayer and, and using that to pray and, and to be closer to Jesus, I, I've, I've always, um, really loved. But, um, if you know anything about St. Ignatius of Loyola, he was a soldier. So, um, it goes on to say, founder of the Jesuit order who was soldier prior to his religious life and who outlined a blind obedience in which as a member of the community, you had to obey no matter what you were thinking, no matter, ma no matter whether you were willing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, it's very materialistic. Am I saying that right? Militaristic. Um, this this thinking of you have your orders from your superior, um, and again, kind of using this military type of structure, and those are your orders, and you need to follow through on them. Um, yeah, um, which, as we know, that is not very healthy in the long run. Um, now, in some instances, when it was used appropriately, it probably did help the um, Jesuit order. Um, I don't know. Um, but um, I can tell you from experience, and I, and I know this is, uh, this is very true with a lot of former religious that there is this idea of whatever your children do, even if it's the most ridiculous, stupid thing, it really has no purpose except to make your superior feel like they have authority over you. You're supposed to blindly obey. Don't ask questions. If you're asking questions, that is um, going against obedience, um, which I... Um, I always, I, I struggled with the longer I was in religious life. Um, so she goes on to say this theologian, it's a definition which I command and you obey. It's a very vertical type of relationship, which, you know, especially when you're, you know, you're in a religious order. <sighs> I mean, you're living with these people. You're told that your religious order is your family, that they are your new family. They are, you know, your your natural family is basically taken away from you. And, you know, it's 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 morbid because, you know, in, in a in a natural family, you're you're you know, there is authority, authority figures and um especially if, if you're a minor, you know, 
um, even if you're an adult child, you, you probably you need to still respect your parents and kind of listen to, you know, what they have to say. You can make your own decisions, of course, but, you know, it's not this kind of, uh, you know, give and take type of thing. It's, it's, and that's what I thought when I first entered, I thought it was more like, at first I thought like these things were more like suggestions, you know, I didn't, I didn't even really take them seriously. I was just like, and then when I started getting in trouble for not following just this really silly orders, um, I realized how quickly they would turn on you and um, how serious they were <laughs> about the whole thing. Um, and this is something that I also, I have to agree with. I know it's been a religious life forever, but I, I had to say, I, I think it's, it's a little much. Um, she says, even though use of the word superior in religious life is troubling, she says, saying the term implies that, that the authority is superior to the ones who are not in authority. Um, that goes on to say, while there are perverts and narcissists who abuse intentionally, the poor definition of obedience has also caused problems and has opened the door to various perhaps unintentional abuse to occur, she said. We have filled the value of obedience with a lot of contents that I consider to be very unhealthy that do not belong to the gospel, but which are part of a tradition rooted in a particular culture in which a hierarchical and authoritarian obedience was the norm. Um, end quote. <laughs> uh, I couldn't see it better myself. Um, Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, again, you're just making obedience. Um, and, and, and this woman says a few times, this theologian says a few times that obedience is necessary because you need like a, a structure, you know, for any institution to really, uh, to really uh, survive there has to be some internal hierarchy of sorts, right? But um, when you're using obedience as, you know, you're taking it out of what it's supposed to be in the gospel, right? Obedience is supposed to go hand in hand with this, um, you know, this, this giving, this sacrificial authority, right? And um, I mean, that's that's why I've always had such a profound respect for priests, especially really good priests, is because they are, you know, <laughs> they're spiritual fathers, they're leaders, right? But it's sacrificial. They, you know, and sometimes we don't even realize how much they sacrifice for their flock, you know, not just internally, you know, I'm sure there's, there's suffering at times, but, you know, there's a lot of silly things that they have to deal with um, that, you know, pe most people don't understand. You know, I, I was just talking to a priest that has to deal with all these families at the school that he works at. And they're constantly coming to him and complaining and, you know, he doesn't have an education background. So he's just like, why, like, you know, why are you coming to me? 
Um, so there, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that go on, but, um, you know, you know, the priest still has that authority. He still has a say and he, he, you know, he, he has to have control of his parish as the spiritual father of his parish. But if he's a good priest, he shouldn't be, um, just, you know, making really stupid, um, you know, guidelines and dictates for his parishioners, or he's going to lose his parishioners, right? It's not healthy. It's not healthy in any relationship. There's no relationship that is, <laughs> that is possible that, 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 that can have these, um, structures within it constantly and be healthy. Now, the military obviously is very, um, has a lot of structure, has a lot of authority. There's a reason for that because they're being, they could possibly thrown, be thrown into war, right? And sometimes these, um, these relationships are made between, you know, spiritual warfare and, um, you know, more, you know, warfare that we see on this earth. Um, but, <laughs> you know, at the same time, these people aren't under that restraint 24-7, right? I mean, they get to go on leave. You know, they, they have times where, you know, they're, they're able to make their own decisions. And honestly, you want soldiers that are able to think for themselves. I, I, I don't, I, I don't see, um, you know, I, I've watched videos of like boot camp and stuff and I've heard stories um, and they're really trying to break these people down, right? And, and make them a soldier, but it's not to the point where they can't make simple, very simple decisions for themselves. And um, they might know the guidelines, they, know, they might know the expectations, but there aren't just these you know, micromanaging little uh, things that are being used to control their every aspect of their life. You know, um, I, 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 I don't, I don't, it's, <laughs> it's different. Um, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's different. You know, you shouldn't, you, you shouldn't be comparing religious life, which you live 24 7 to military life which yes you might at some cases live 24 7 but it's not you know those people are still allowed to relax at times and and and, and do things and make decisions and go on leave and do other things you know it's just it's just silly um so i think i'm gonna have to stop it there because there's a little more to this article i want to talk about um, I hope, I hope this is kind of eye-opening. I just, I feel like there's a lot of things in here as I was reading it that I thought, man, this is what I've been talking about. This is what other friends of mine who are from religious have been talking about that this, this whole, or this whole issue of obedience and having it used in such a way that it's abusive. And that there's no accountability for the superiors. Um, it's, it's just, it's, 
not okay and it causes other issues so i'm going to stop it there and um i will continue in part two Thank you.